Hi, everyone. My name is Paul. Welcome to the Start Keep. I'm here tonight with Mergank. Hey, guys. What's up? Today, we are doing a quick video here. It's not like our usual format. Uh, we just want to slide this video in, hopefully, before the FAQ comes out. And we just want to talk about what to expect in the upcoming Stormcast FAQ. So Games Workshop used to consistently release an FAQ in Arata two weeks after a Battletorm release, and they've deviated from that lately uh, for reasons which we don't know, and, and frankly, it doesn't matter. It's their, their problem. Uh, but mm -hmm. the upcoming Stormcast FAQ um, determines a lot of what our value judgments are in a lot of our units because there is some specific rule clarifications that could make a big difference in how we approach list building, how we approach using our units. Um, how you use units, period, could totally change based on, on somebody's ruling. Um, so you can see here we've got a list of rule clarifications that we're looking at. So things like translocation. Uh, we're looking at the core rules on how wound allocation and removing slain models works. We're looking at Cycle the Storm, the combination of Blaze of Glory, only the Faithful, and Cycle the Storm. Things like the Torlon Comet Trail. Does it go away if you move more move away from the Torlon or not? Um, things like that. And we'll, we'll go through all of them. Um, later but there's a few of them we want to focus more on this video and then there's some errors like really simple stuff missing keywords the lord aquilor should probably have the vanguard keyword that seems like a mistake prosecutors should probably get bonus attacks on their grand weapons it seems like a mistake so we'll we'll have a list of that stuff at the end there so the first major contentious issue right now that that i can see being discussed everywhere with stormcast is that currently um, as it's written, you can move in the movement phase after you set up a unit with translocation in the hero phase. And I thought it would be interesting to go over the arguments for and against this mechanic. Um, starting with the arguments against it, it is inconsistent with how all other setup teleport abilities in the game work. Uh, they're typically, you have to set up more than nine inches away from the unit, and then you can't move after doing that. Or it'll say it counts as a move. Or, or, or some, some clause will be there that says you cannot make a normal move. And another argument is that perhaps Games Workshop made a mistake. This is not intentional behavior. They just left it out. It was, a, it was an accident, and, and accidents happened. Uh, another argument against it is that it is too powerful. Some people certainly have made the case that it is very powerful to translocate a unit of Stormdrake Guard and then move them in the hero phase and then charge them on a 2+, and uh, just cover a lot of ground in that way. And the final argument that I see against translocation is that it is far too consistent because you can take a Lord Relictor who gets plus one, making it a two plus to activate. And then he can also take a trait to re-roll uh, that. And, and it's a combination of these things, I think is, is the argument against moving again after translocation. If it was this ability activated on a five plus and you couldn't re-roll it, maybe people wouldn't have an issue with it necessarily because it's a very strong effect, but it's also one in three chance of going off. So maybe the consistency of it is the problem, maybe not the effect. And the arguments we have in favor of moving after translocation, um, first ones are a few generic generic arguments, is that an ability being unique doesn't mean it's wrong. Lots of units in the, in the rules have something that just completely breaks the functionality of the game, right? Um, something that is, is so specifically worded that you have to pour over the details and minutiae of the rules in order to, for it to make sense. Um, but it does work. And that just because something is, is complex and and specific doesn't mean it's an error. It doesn't mean that it's a, a mistake that the writers made it work this way. Uh, if anything, if something is very specific and, and works 
as it's written. To me, that's an indication that they went out of their way to make sure it works, and they were very careful with how they worded it. Another argument in favor of moving out the translocation is that just because an ability is strong doesn't mean it's an error. Lots of rules are very strong in this game. It's very strong that Lumineth Sentinels can shoot without line of sight 30 inches away mm-hmm. through mortal wounds in a fire. Or foxes. It's very foxes strong. It, yeah. It's very strong that Lumineth Foxes can move in your shooting phase. Even if you charge them in the hero phase, they could still retreat out of that. That's a very strong ability. Does that mean it's an error? No. It is just a strong ability. It's powerful, and it's okay for things to be powerful. Right? Your models should feel cool. They should do a cool thing. You shouldn't just have a spreadsheet. And ironic, because I just did a whole video about spreadsheets. But you shouldn't just have spreadsheets tackling each other in the middle of the field. Right? The game should be about cool abilities that break the mold. Mm-hmm. Those are and just- I think that's, that's, why we, that's why we write rules, right? Because that's how power is expressed in the game. That's, a, like, that's one of the basic ways that power is expressed. That there are certain models that either bend the rules or break them entirely. And that's a cool thing to do. And that's how you make the model powerful. Yeah, and, and that's the reason rules exist in the first place, is so that you can have a cool moment when they break later. That's, that's the classic setup payoff. And every movie structure is done this way, kind of getting a bit out of the, the wheelhouse of, of mm-hmm. tabletop gaming here. But that's just a common theme. Um, it's fun to break the rules. That's why we make rules, because it's fun to break them. Um, so in particular, for, those are general arguments for, for any kind of ability that going forward might have this kind of issue. A major one, I always had a problem explaining this to people, was how Aether Wings worked in second edition. And it seemed that it took mm-hmm. about a year for people to understand, uh, yes, this is actually how they work. It's not a charge move. It's actually, this is the, what it does. And, and you got to play around it, right? You got to accept that this is how it is. This is intentional and no, no two ways about it. Um, mm-hmm. In particular, this wording of translocation was printed in the 3.0 FAQ, which was a... Uh, it was meant to tide people over until their full battle tome was released. It updated some abilities, it updated some enhancements, and it. And one of the things that happened was that this exact version of translocation was copied and pasted into that FAQ. So, yep, it has uh, survived. I think three FAQs since July. So we've had this version of uh, translocation for about four months, three, sorry, three months now. So yeah, so a lot of people just again they thought this must be a mistake because it's not consistent with the other things and the battle tome will fix it, right? That's what everybody thought. And I personally thought that as well. I wasn't playing with moving after translocating because I thought, oh, it's just an FAQ. They'll fix it in the battle tome. But now that the battle tome is out and it's the exact same wording, you have to think, oh, maybe it's not a mistake. Maybe they actually want you to play this way. And Mm -hmm. looking at the new battle tome, it certainly feels that way because they have drastically reduce Stormcast mobility, right? The Heraldor can't do run and charge anymore. Uh, the only way to run and charge is if you take an enhancement specifically for it, and it costs you a And that's once point, per game. And it's once per game, and it has to be issued by a knight or a lord, unlike other commands, and you can't run mm-hmm. six at the same time. So there's all these restrictions built onto an ability that we just used to have for 100 points all the time. And uh, we also lost Gavriel, giving his plus three charge command. You know, we lost the ability to stack that going into third edition. And then he just doesn't have that ability anymore at all. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. Stormcast have taken a beating in terms of mobility. And if you were to remove translocation, you would kill a lot of strategies. Because four-inch move units are not fast enough to do anything. If, yeah, example, and if the last three years have taught us anything, nine-inch charges are not good, guys. Like... This, this, there's a reason. Okay, the only time I see any other faction doing nine-inch charges was uh, uh, Iron Jaws, 
And Iron Jaws used to do that because they they could get with a particular subfaction like a plus two or plus three to charge. Um, yeah. Nine inch charges are just if that's your strategy going forward for Stormcast, they are not a mobile army. You're not you're never gonna make those. No, and and you know, maybe it's not a bad thing if Stormcasts are an immobile army. Uh, but it seems like the whole book was designed with the fact that you could translocate one unit per turn. Because there's nothing else in there. The rest of the army mm-hmm. is is just walking normally and charging. There's no bonuses to charge anywhere. There's no run in charge. Mm-hmm. There's very limited sources of retreat and charge. It's a slow right. army. And, and the thing is, it's a, yeah, it's it's based on a prayer that you cannot spam. Night Heralders, you could take three of those in the old edition and pre like you know pair them up with like ten evocators each, have them all run in charge, and it was automatic. It wasn't even a command point. Gabriel mm-hmm. Sherard had a wholly within twelve inch bubble for every unit within that bubble. So you took it in like Skyborn Slayers and had five units on a plus three to charge. This is no matter what, you cannot spam this prayer. It is one unit you know, a term. And if you fail that prayer, you fail it. Which can happen. You know, you might not choose the reroll prayers command trade, which so it could happen. Yeah. No, I'm not I'm not totally convinced that it is a balance issue. And I think if it is something that oh the Stormcast armies are too consistently using translocation, um, I think they could go other routes. I really like this functionality of being able to move after teleporting. And I think there's other ways to tone it down. Uh, for example, you could increase the cost of the Lord Relictor drastically if needed you could make him 200 points and that would just be a general nerf to any strategy relying on this without breaking the functionality mm-hmm. um, in addition it's worth mentioning that after playing some games with it we've noticed some some key some key workarounds that your opponents can do if they're paying attention when you move in the movement phase after teleporting your opponents can redeploy in response right so if you try teleporting up a unit of protectors let's say who have a four inch move you move up four inches and they redeploy back D6, which is about you know three to four inches back, which cancels out mm-hmm. the teleport. So this strong ability that you're relying on to have a uh, somewhat decent charge is suddenly just negated by one command point that, you're, that you can't stop. So it's, it has opportunities to play around it. So I don't think even now in its current state, it's necessarily a problem. But what I'm most worried yeah. about is that if they do change this ability, it will just gut the book. There, there will be a lot less creativity in list building. Um, you will pretty much only see two different lists with Stormcast. It'll be spamming Drakes because they're fast and Castle Spamming Annihilators with the Lord Imperative. Yep, Deep Strike because Annihilators. That's... Yep. And, and just Castle Formations of I'm going to shoot you off the table unless you can kill me in three turns. You know, like it's, it's going to get really boring. A lot of creativity is going to get sucked out of it if translocation is changed. And that's a result of them gutting the mobility in the book, right? Like if Heraldor still had his run and charge ability, I don't think we'd need this translocation thing. But they went out of their way to cut down all the mobility in the book. So I think that there's an argument that maybe this one ability that allows us to have decent mobility can stay. Saying ability and, and mobility a lot. It's a bit of a tongue twister. Yeah, well, the other, I want to really address, like, because uh, there's a reason people think that translocation is too strong. Like moving a unit after teleporting is too powerful. So let, let me just remind you of the other mobility options in the game. As we already mentioned, we have things like Lumineth Foxes that can move up to 36 inches, I think, in a turn, or 24 inches. We have Iron Jaws, who essentially, with a Maw Crusher issuing Mighty Destroyer to three different units, means that a Maw Crusher and two different units of Gore Gruntas, which are battle line in their army, will move collectively 24 inches and 18 inches each turn. Each turn, that's pretty pretty much guaranteed. Not to mention, if Iron Jaws decides to take the Great Hand of Gork spell, 
the one that lets them teleport nine inches away, they can choose to drop 11, uh, sorry, 12.1 inches away from your army and still use mighty destroyers to make a normal move towards your army and then charge you. Yeah. So mobility so, is, is not rare in this game. Um, and maybe yeah. there, there is the argument that because Stormcast have really heavy hitting weapons and really heavy armor, they shouldn't have any mobility at all. And I, I can't see that argument because outside from translocation, we pretty much don't have any mobility. It's just Drake's yeah. and translocation. That's it. That's all we got. Yep. We have no delivery mechanism. And it's like, there have been certain arguments that, you know, Stormcast should not have any special rules. They're essentially just space marines. So they should just be about pound for pound, the best armored and best hitting guys possible. But that doesn't work in a game that is now saturated with lots of minus one, minus two rend and more wounds. I think you need reliable delivery mechanisms for your big armored dudes to be able to hit things where they have to hit them. Because otherwise you're wasting points on extremely elite units who are going to, you know, and your army is just going to drop a lot in efficiency as you start losing models, which is, you know, this is the game we're designed to kill things. So it'll happen. Well, I don't want to beat this into the ground. I feel like we've mm-hmm. presented the arguments. If you feel like there's a really strong argument against translocation that we haven't covered, uh, please mention it. I feel like we, I don't want to be unfair, right? I don't want to consider somebody's yeah. viewpoint as invalid just because I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, if, if you see something that I don't, please just let us know. We're not unreasonable people. We're willing to talk this through. Maybe there's something we're totally missing. Um, but from yeah. and from our biased perspective as Stormcast players, and you know, we do play other armies as well, but we do play Stormcast, and for me, it's a fun thing. I want this ability to be fun and powerful. I don't balance is a different issue. You can solve that by changing yeah. points. You can solve that by uh, getting rid of the high priest command trait to make it less reliable. There's other ways to solve the balance aspect of it. I love this functionality, and I and I hope it stays. Mm-hmm. And it's thematic. I mean, this is what Stormcast do in the Lord. They make surgical strikes. You know, they may, they come out of the clouds in lightning formations and they make surgical strikes with low number of model units, you know, so it's, yeah. I don't I don't really see it as opposing the flop either. Yeah. Now, I, you know, the only change I would make is I'd rename it from translocation back to lightning chariot like it was in first edition because that that <laughs> way cooler. And it, it's actually a lot more fitting with what the ability does now. It feels like you're yeah. using a lightning chariot to charge in. So that's the only change I'd make personally. All right, the second, uh, I view this as the second big thing that the Stormcast FAQ has to cover, and it has nothing necessarily to do with Stormcast, uh, but the discussion on Cycle of the Storm has brought up what seems to be a paradox within the core rules, and it would require clarification or an errata. Um, So I've listed here the relevant sections 14.1, 14.2, and 1.3. And regardless of how Cycle of the Storm actually works, this is a standalone issue. This is not related to Cycle of the Storm. You could get rid of Cycle of the Storm completely from the game, just errata it from every War Scroll, and this issue would still be present. This is an independent problem. Mm-hmm. So what exactly is the problem? Uh, as per section 14.1, you allocate models, you allocate wounds one at a time to a model until that model is slain. As per 14.2, it says a slain model cannot have any more wounds allocated to it. Once it's slain, that's it. No more wounds. Uh, 14.2 also says that slain models are removed after all wounds have been allocated. So there is a clear allocation stage and then a removal stage when it comes to this. And then it mm-hmm. also says that a destroyed unit has all remaining wounds negated. And then finally, a destroyed unit is defined on one as one that has all of its models removed. So if you t- if you are to take 14.1 uh, to mean that on- the only way to negate damage is if the unit is destroyed, then there's an infinite loop 
and the game can't proceed. It's like you have a blue screen on a Windows PC. So let me give you an example mm-hmm. of where this would happen. So let's say you have a model with five wounds, and it takes six damage from an attack. You allocate the wounds. One, two, three, four, five. The model's now slain. What happens to wound number six? The wound can't be allocated to that model because all the models in that unit are slain. Right? That's consistent with 14.2. Mm-hmm. The wound can't be negated because the unit's not destroyed yet. The unit's not destroyed because the models aren't removed. And the model can't be removed because the wounds aren't allocated. And you can't allocate the wound because the models aren't slain. And the models, the wound's not negated because the unit's not destroyed. It's, it, it's, it's an infinite loop. It just keeps going back in logic and you can't resolve it. So currently, as the rules are written, it seems to be the case that as soon as you deal any amount of overkill damage at all, the game freezes. However, this is not actually what 14.1 says. All that it does is govern how wounds be be allocated to a destroyed unit. Let's take a look at that clearly, that last sentence in 14.1. It says, if a unit is destroyed, all wounds that remain to be allocated to the unit are negated and have no effect. Nowhere does it say that is the only way to negate wounds. It's a little... like I I don't like being this pedantic, but you kind of have to be when it comes to these rules, right? If a rule says Mm -hmm. a clear... All, cons- all, all covering section, like, wounds are allocated one at a time. Okay, there's no arguing with that, right? Um, but in this case, it's not an all-encompassing rule. It specifically just says, if a unit is destroyed, all wounds that remain to be allocated are, are negated. It doesn't govern what happens before a unit is destroyed or after a unit is destroyed. It's just talking about the situation where units are destroyed. Yeah. So technically, it doesn't explicitly state that overkill wounds are not negated uh, when all models are slain. We can infer that's the case because, as we described, the game just freezes unless you unless you make that assumption. So, what are the possible solutions here? Well, the minimum thing they could do is add a clarification that overkill damage is also negated before models. They've done clarifications like this in the past when the uh, rules have been unclear. They've come out and said, "No, this is actually how it works. We're going to add a little bit more context for uh, for the sake of the rules. We're not going to change how the rules work. We're just telling you this is actually how it works." You may have had to infer certain things from it. Another possible solution is to change the definition of a destroyed unit to mean all models in the unit are slain rather than all models in the unit are destroyed, or sorry, removed, uh, because then mm-hmm. in that case, it wouldn't create the logical loop anymore because the unit is destroyed. You can now negate wounds and move on to models. There's no problem if you do that. Yep. Alternatively, they could also just completely nuke this whole section of the rules and go back to how wounds were resolved in second edition. I personally don't think that's going to be very likely because they put a lot of time, it seems, into changing the way the rules work from second to third edition. Why would you do that unless you had a specific reason to do it? It's not something you accidentally do one day. Oh, I'm just going to make the rules more esoteric and confusing. Why would you do that? Um, Right. Yeah. So this this is an issue that needs to be resolved, not necessarily related to Stormcast and not necessarily related to Cycle the Storm. Speaking of which, uh, Cycle the Storm is a contentious issue. After our third video, uh, there's been a lot of discussion about it, and it currently, the argument I propose, I still stand by. Uh, as the rules are written, you can revive a model even if the unit takes infinite overkill damage and is wiped out. So, assuming they resolve the paradox in the core rules, uh, Cycle the Storm would function this way. The arguments against Cycle revive, reviving against all overkill is that it is inconsistent with how the ability worked in second edition, Again, you could say that Games Workshop made a mistake. They didn't intend for this kind of behavior uh, because it's powerful, arguably too powerful, especially if you stack it. It could end up being massively powerful because you have a bunch of ways to uh, stop 
Brondis or Karazai from being slain, you know, two or three times per turn. You have to kill them with four different packets of damage. And um, mm -hmm. it's quite complicated. It's not intuitive how this exactly works. Even in the video that I made about it, and I feel like I have a good understanding of it, I kind of stumbled through it because it is, it is fairly complicated. It's, it's not intuitive how you go about doing this, especially once you result yeah. in multiple wounded models in a unit. It's confusing. Just, to, just out of curiosity, in second edition, were wounds allocation and model removal happening like in an alternate manner? Like, were they happening like one at a time? How it worked before is now? that slain and removed were basically the same thing. As soon as a model okay. took enough wounds to die, you would remove it immediately. Now there's a okay. So it, it wasn't it wasn't like a oh, I allocate like if I take like four damage, I allocate two to this, two to this. Once I've done my allocation, I remove them both at the same time. It was I take two. I remove that model, then I take two, I remove that model. Yes, like that. That, that's how it works okay. in second edition. And how it works now is you take four damage to the unit, you apply two to one model, you apply two to another model, you discard any other wounds, and then mm -hmm. you uh, you have to discard any wounds, otherwise the game freezes, and then you remove yeah. the models one at a time. So that's that small difference in timing um, it creates the opportunity for an ability like Blaze of Glory to function uh, alongside abilities like Only the Faithful and Cycle of the Storm. So it seems mm. intentional to me that they went through and did all this work just to get these abilities to function properly because it would make sense if they designed the third edition rules with the first wave of battle tomes in mind. Um, okay. So going back to it, so arguments against cycle here. Um, in the absence of an official statement, what you should be doing is looking at the second edition FAQ because they did clarify how cycle the storm works in the second edition of battle tome and the second edition rules. Personally, I don't buy that argument because I don't think you should ever use an FAQ from a previous edition of a book or a previous edition of a game, period. Uh, because if you were to do that, what's stopping you from using the first edition FAQ for anything, just because it, it seems to line up with what you want? That doesn't track for me. I, I'm not sure why people make that argument. Um, it's, yeah. It is consistent with how the third edition rules are worded. How Cycle currently works is totally consistent with the rules. It doesn't break anything. Um, the paradox that I mentioned before is irrelevant to Cycle of the Storm. Cycle of the Storm happens after wounds are allocated, when models are being removed, so it's past that messy part. Uh, when you remove the models, you choose not to remove one of them, and then it gets healed for a wound. It's very simple how it actually works. The Cycle ability itself is quite simple. The implications of it are complicated, but the ability itself is quite simple. And again, an ability being strong or unique is not an error. Just because something is powerful or something has... A specific way of working with the rules that nothing else has a way doesn't mean that the developers made a mistake. Um, finally, I don't think it's necessarily imbalanced. I thought maybe at first it could be. Um, after playing a few games with it, I'm not convinced it is because Lord Arcanums are all overpriced. They only cast one spell, except for Aventus, who's you know 300 points. He casts two spells, but they're all plus zero to cast. So yeah, any other they're, army, they're not yeah they're not special wizards, and their special abilities they're not like extremely fighty i think most of them on average probably do like two to four damage to like a three up save and then they're not their special abilities don't really account for why they're costed so high yeah yeah like why would a a lord arcanum uh just the standard foot one he's a 155 point wizard you know he does have six wounds and a three up save but that still doesn't explain 155 points he has plus zero to yeah. cast he casts one spell his, his melee attacks are fine Right, it's it doesn't explain his point cost, right? So it kind of seems like cycle works this way, and it's a strong ability, and they costed our units accordingly. I, I don't see yeah. any other way to justify the two hundred eighty-five point cost on a Torlon, for example. If if cycle the yeah, storm is I mean, worth I, 
30 to 50 points, that model doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, it even if you have multiple Arcanums, you can still play around it. You can kill the Arcanums. There is a specific range that models have to be wholly within it. Uh, 18 inches is is quite large, but it's not the entire table. You know, I'd say um, 18 is at the point where if you make a charge, you can still get pulled out of it if you're out of position. Uh, if you are in range to be healed by cycle, you're probably in range to get hit by something else, especially in terms of shooting. There's there's also the fact that you can just do another packet of damage and the model dies. It's not like you have an invulnerability for the whole turn. It's a um, what would be a good one here. It's like a it's like, it's like you, you just ever... have to invest multiple resources. Like you could like uh, maybe instead of just like trying to finish it off with one model, you'll have to use two models to kill something. Yeah. Now and... I could see I could see multiple Lord Arcanums make having like not that it's overpowered, but creating like a negative play experience. Like in that sense, if you want to FAQ it to be like each unit can only be affected by this ability once per turn. Yeah, that's an easy fix. I'd be okay right? with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if it really becomes a problem. Alternatively, you could just raise the cost of arcane uh, Lord Arcanums. That is another solution, right? If you make them 250 points, you're paying a lot of points for an ability that's not necessarily going to save you, right? Somebody can mm-hmm. just walk up with a one-attack weapon and just kill you. It's it's. If you guys have ever played Hearthstone, it's the reborn mechanic. That's all it is, right? You just you're left with one health remaining, and your opponent could just walk over and do one damage. It's a good mechanic. It's strong, but it's not. It's not in, in vulnerability. Like it's it's not that strong. Okay, uh, so that covers the major rule things that we'd like to see covered. And we're up to about 25 minutes on what it should have been a short video. Uh, I think we never had a proper discussion about translocation. Until now. So that's, that's fine. We got it out of the way. And uh, so let's take a look at some potentially hilarious mistakes in the battle tome. Um, how many of these are intentional or mistakes? We could play a little game here. Uh, let's start with the Torah line is the only mount that can't take a mount trait. It's a weird thing. It seems a little mean that they didn't include him on the list. If it's intentional, it's weird. Uh, the Lord Aquilor buffs Vanguard units, the keyword, but he doesn't have that keyword himself, so he can't use his ability on himself, despite certainly being, being a Vanguard. the leader unit. of the Vanguard chamber. Yeah, <laughs> I think the leader of the Vanguard would have Vanguard. He also doesn't have the Griff Charger keyword, despite riding a Griff Charger and having it listed in his War Scroll. So he cannot take a Mount Trait either. It's odd. Uh, yeah. Vanguard Raptors don't have the Vanguard keyword. So really, right now, the only person the, Van- the Lord Aquilor is buffing is Vanguard Hunters and Vanguard Paladors. The Celestin Prime and Indrasta are neither Knights nor Lords nor Draconith, so they cannot activate most of the Holy Commands. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> it doesn't make sense yeah. that Indrasta and Celestin Prime can't activate these abilities, but a Storm Drake Guard can. Still trying to figure that one out. Yeah. Uh, the Stormstrike Chariot is probably missing the Angelos keyword. It It is an Angelos unit, and it does have a potential shooting attack, so it could benefit from Thunderbolt Volley. Maybe they excluded the keyword to protect people from making that mistake of using Holy Command on a Chariot. <laughs> or attacked on Thunderbolt Volley. Yeah, sure. That's it. We figured it out. <laughs> uh, other things that could potentially be issues, the Fulminators, despite having a... The exact same glaive that a protector has, they only attack one inch with it instead of three inches. That just seems wrong. It, it's a model issue, not a rules issue. Seems like they should have a longer range. Uh, Evocator Grand Stabs were mysteriously reduced from two inch to one inch, which has a big impact on their viability, and their points certainly don't reflect it. Feels like mm-hmm. Grand Stabs The impact went be- up, because I remember Evocators being at 210, and Evocators, in pretty much every sense of the word, got weaker, but somehow went up 20 points. 
Yep. Uh, but does, doesn't explain it. Yep. Uh, it could have been part of the general make everything cost more approach, but uh, Avocators didn't get any better. In fact, they got worse in a lot of ways. They lost a lot of what used to make them good. And uh, they still do a bunch of mortal wounds, and the problem is they just don't reinforce well at all. And and that's because Grand Staffs are weak. So I don't know if that's an error. I don't know if it's intentional, but I would like to see that fixed. I would like to use my block of 10 Evocators again. Uh, neither mm -hmm. of the Prosecutor Primes, both the Javelin and the, the, the Hammers, they don't get bonus weapons if they take the Grand Weapon or, or the Trident, which is weird. Every other Prime gets a bonus attack, except, I guess, the Vanguard Raptors. Mm -hmm. It's just weird that the Prosecutors don't. They get it with every other weapon, just not the special weapon, which greatly devalues just, them. Yeah, I'd like to know. I'd like to know why on that because they went out of their way to have this, like, do this on two separate War Scrolls, both the Hammer and the uh, Javelin Prosecutors. Yep, it, and it's it, just bizarre. It's like, did they think it'd be too overpowered to have like a flying unit with a Grand Hammer extra attack, like an extra two damage? That'd be way too powerful or something. Like, I, I it's it's bizarre. Why even have it as an option at that point? Yeah, right? just just. Um, Drake Squad Templars have a 4-up save. I know that Maw Crushes also got reduced from a 3-up to a 4-up, but they they have the option to still be a 3-up, and it seems like they just forgot to put that in with the Drake Squad Templar for some reason. He's just the worst save in the entire book for his size and the type of model. It really didn't make any sense for me to see him reduced to a 4-plus save, so I'm wondering if it was a mistake. If it is intentional, his points certainly don't reflect it. I don't know why anybody would pay 400 points for that since it only has a 4-up save. Mm -hmm. And finally... Yeah, for some reason, foot heroes are just way stronger than him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, like a, a Knight Encanter takes damage better than a Drake's One Templar does. He takes it at a reduced <laughs> rate, which is weird. Really weird. It is. Um, finally, I don't think they're going to change this in the FAQ, but the Anvils of the Heldenhammer ability is really bad. It's really bad. It's, it's <laughs> not fun. It slows the game down. It sucks. It's just so bad that you know, just errata it. Just change it to something else. You know, I, make, make 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 it make it minus one bravery when you're near. Like turn it into like that. You know that really bad command trait we used to have uh, near our general, which is like minus one bravery when you're within six or yeah. something. Well, I was thinking a cool ability would be uh, at the start of the combat phase, pick one enemy unit. It has minus one to hit that phase. You don't have to keep track of it. It's nice and simple. There's no weird bravery check. It's still thematically yeah, yeah. appropriate because you're spooking them with the anvils, right? So that's a nice, yeah, easy yeah. change, right? Like, And that's actually a good ability. I might take that instead of uh, another Stormhost because if I, if I don't care about Battleline, maybe that ability is better than another. So yeah, that's what, that's what we're expecting in FAQ. Uh, if you feel like we missed anything obvious, please feel free to point it out to us. Uh, we love answering comments and we're very active on our Discord server. So the last thing we wanted to talk about today in our short 31-minute video is our upcoming podcast, what you guys can expect, and our upcoming community events. Uh, Murgan, you want to take it away? Sure, yeah. Um, so next week, uh, you, you'll have Stormcast Allies, or the podcast about Stormcast Allies to look forward to. Um, we're expecting the FAQ to drop in the next two weeks, uh, hopefully like maybe tomorrow, uh, hopefully this Monday, or at least the next Friday. So once that's out, we'll quickly do a video uh, on first how we're reacting to it and then an analysis of it. And then based on that FAQ, because based on how translocation and cycle didn't go, it'll change a lot of how we evaluated um, Stormcast units in our first video. So for instance, Paladins, uh, we rated them pretty high except for de uh, Decimators, but 
without translocation, maybe they're not as good or as much of an auto take as they were before. So look forward to that. Um, secondly, we want to talk about uh, painting and hobby nights. So we have a link to our Discord down in the description. And one of our co-hosts, uh, JJ, is actually going to be doing painting and hobby nights at uh, on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern time to 10 p.m. Eastern time. And then on Saturdays from 7 to 10 a.m. and then 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern time. Yeah, Again, he, and if you'd like to, to make join sure the- that we could include everybody from Europe and Australia, and I guess maybe there's some people in China too. I, I've seen in our analytics, we have a couple people in China listening to us. So shout out to you sure. guys. So, yeah. Um, and if that's something you're interested in, if you just like to hang and talk about Stormcast and discuss some other painting strategies, uh, you're more than welcome to join. Yep. Uh, eventually, people have requested that we do battle reports. We are not currently set up to do that. Uh, frankly, I don't even know how we would do that because i don't know where mergang is so that would be a difficult <laughs> one but uh jj and i live pretty close to each other and and where we can get some battle reports going uh, i do own multiple armies so we don't necessarily have to do gladiatorium battles of stormcast versus stormcast we do want to get battle reports going we're just not set up for it right now uh we're working on it so if you request it please note we are working on it and we will get to it and i'm actually excited about that because i i like playing the game more than i like talking about it Definitely. Yeah, and and finally, I just wanted to thank you guys for all the support we get. It has been really great. I, I'm, I'm really loving this. I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And hearing all the good feedback kind of just makes me want to do more and more of it. Um, so thank you for all that. We're really, really appreciative for all that. Yeah, we really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for watching. Yep. Yeah, thanks for watching, and we'll see you in the next one.